In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The last couple of weeks, as we've looked at the parables of the kingdom, I hope it's become apparent that Jesus challenges our assumptions about God and his work in the world. These parables all work together to alert us to a mystery that has been present since long before we existed. This mystery is nothing short of God himself. It's not that his kingdom has arrived, that it was somehow not here. It's that it is being unveiled, revealed in Jesus Christ. The parables that are machine-gunned at us in rapid fire in our gospel lesson for the day continue the same themes that we've heard Jesus expressing these last few weeks. God's kingdom is pervasive, Catholic. It isn't limited to a certain time or place. It's also small and hidden, like seeds buried in the earth. The unveiling of the kingdom requires a response, but that response isn't quite what we'd assume. We're quick to imagine ourselves as the soil specialists of the parable. Almost before we've finished hearing it, we're making lists in our minds about the nitrates and manures we'll need to really get things going. We're the servants in the parable of the wheat and the weeds armed with all manner of weeding equipment. But the response of faith, the response that is called for here, is different than that. Today I'd like to seek to understand the response of faith as we see it in these parables before us by recognizing the capacity for surprise that is interwoven with faith. If you were to pass a mustard seed on the street, you wouldn't notice it, even if it's stuck in the treads of your shoes. But when that tiny insignificant seed gets buried in the coffin of the earth, it springs forth as a shrub that grows big enough for birds to come and rest in. The image of yeast drives this point nearly to its limit. The yeast hides itself within the flour and water in a way that we are not able to distinguish. We can see the results when the bread dough is leavened, but we are unable to separate the dough from the leaven. In a COVID world where everyone has become a baker, I'm sure you know, that the way yeast works is by emitting carbon dioxide, forming air bubbles throughout the paste of flour and water. Robert Capon is quick to point out the connection between God breathing into Adam, Christ breathing the Spirit onto his disciples, and this exhalation of yeast into the flour and water that is the kingdom of God in the world. If we keep following the logic of Christ's parables, the flower in which the yeast of the kingdom is hidden is the world. Even the measurements Jesus uses in this story suggest an all-encompassing grandiosity. This isn't a housewife making a scone. This is an industrial baker prepping a massive order. The kingdom of God is so persistently pervasive, so intertwined with the world he has made, it's as if the dough of the world has become dough because of this insistent presence of God's kingdom. The arrival of Christ in the Incarnation is surprising precisely because it serves as an unveiling and a deepening of his constant presence and care for his world. On our part, the capacity to be surprised is part of what it means to be people who have been given ears to hear. It's the capacity for faith. The cynic assumes he knows all the angles, has seen it all, has reached the edges of possibility, and found it all unsurprising, boring, and meaningless. But the childlike wonder of faith is the capacity to be truly surprised. It's surveying the plot of land that is the earth and finding hidden within the dirt a treasure of incalculable price. The cynic sneers that there's no way this field could be so reasonably priced if the treasure were real. No, it must be monopoly money. In a cynical world, it is foolishness to stake your entire savings on this hidden treasure. But it's not about just being a rube or a sucker. The kingdom, to the discerning jeweler, is a jewel so stunning it leaves him gobsmacked. 
he liquidates all his assets and snatches it. Notice that neither the land surveyor nor the jeweler feel like they're making a sacrifice. They're overwhelmed with the surprise of finding a treasure they weren't expecting, and they're singing and dancing all the way to the bank. Our epistle lesson was written by a man who had been surprised into sightlessness and speechlessness. Saul thought he understood how God worked in the world. He had built his whole life around following the law to the absolute letter because as a Pharisee, he earnestly believed that law-keeping would bring about the vindication of Israel, that it would usher in God's kingdom in a geopolitical way. But in being surprised by the revelation of Jesus Christ on the road to Damascus, Paul cashes in his entire portfolio, his social standing, his dignity, his religious identity. In his letter to the Romans, St. Paul is spelling out the surprising revelation that the law of Moses, though true and good in the deepest sense, cannot actually solve our problem because it cannot loosen the grip of death. Our predicament isn't primarily one of moral corruption and the need for moral improvement. It's about our need to be freed from the prison house of death. In turning away from God, we've turned away from the very source of our life. Our shareholder's dividend in this enterprise is inevitably death. We've corrupted the field of God and time and again rejected his messengers as they sing to us the overtures of his love. The surprise of God's mercy is how hungry it is. He's not content to watch us drift back toward non-existence, to dwindle away into death. His love for his creatures is so great that he doesn't delegate the work of redemption, but undertakes it himself, taking to himself a body that he might plunge to the furthest reaches of death in order to rescue the least, last, little, and lost. Friends, there are countless ways we can allow the cynicism of the world to eat away at our capacity for surprise. Chronic pain and illness, a broken marriage, the loneliness of singleness, career failure, a besetting sin that clings to us, a global pandemic, and an impending economic collapse. It is easy to grow impatient and disillusioned with the lump of dough that is our existence, to assume that there's nothing hidden at work in our midst. But the divine baker has leavened the entirety of our existence, and he has the patience to let this dough rise. He's preheating his oven already with his fire. What he asks of us is our willingness to trust, our willingness to be surprised, that we are, as T.S. Eliot said, to be redeemed from fire by fire. May each of us be surprised in that day to experience the fire as nothing more than the burning ferocity of God's great love. It is Christ Jesus who died, yes, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who intercedes for us. Amen.